0: Hey, it's Che Diaz, and welcome back to Art Poppin' Bottles. <laughs> my name is Jester Ganaway.
1: And my name is Che Diaz, also known as
0: Kayla Mason Garvin. <laughs> and this week we have a very special guest,
2: Che Diaz. I mean, Kane Sheik. Welcome, Kane. Well, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> Woke moment. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm trying to pull as many lines from it just like that as I can. Um, welcome back to the podcast where each week we discuss uh, an album by a non-male artist. Um, what pop star do you feel like this week, Kayla?
1: Oh gosh, I uh, was thinking about this and I don't have an answer yet. Does anyone, is anyone ready to go and I can think on it?
0: Yeah. Um, I am eagerly awaiting Russian warfare, so I feel like rhymes.
2: And I am in that phase, so I am feeling slutty and slut-pop Kim Petras.
1: <laughs> I am... Um... I'm doing a lot of work and I feel okay about it. I feel a little bit sort of like um, perfectionist-y about it and that like I want everything to come together and I um, think uh, ultimately it's going to be fine, but maybe like a little bit disappointing. So I feel like this is going to get me in trouble. I feel like Charlie (laughs) XEX.
0: <laughs> uh, not i in, not in trouble with me, so. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so let's jump right into our current events this week. Um, first up, we've got Julia Fox said something about uncut gems does anybody want to give a full reading do you feel like you could do that Kayla um
1: so uh Julia Fox and Kanye West I think that the big ticket item here is that Julia Fox and Kanye recently broke up and Julia had gone on a podcast where she was asked uh if she had ever served as a mu- muse to Kanye and she was like yeah I've been amused to Kanye and the podcast host was like I think the podcast hosted something like, do you know what a muse is, which is such a rude question, but like, bravo, because it gave us (laughs) this moment. Um, And Julia Fox said, well, a muse is like, you know, it just like serves as inspiration. Like I was a, I was amused to Josh Softy on, on cop jams. And like, um, yeah, like, like that was sort of the answer. It's now a TikTok moment and couldn't be happier on cop
2: jams. And now, literally, every moment I'm opening the fridge or doing any mundane task, my brain is only thinking, (laughs) untajams. I will say that I did not
0: know what Julia Fox's voice sounded like before this TikTok moment. And I was like hoping for some sort of like, person who like barely spoke at all and like it was pure vocal fry and maybe one or two words to every like question she was asked and yet i was scared to find out that she's a valley girl so i don't know i think i think less of julia fox after this exchange
1: i don't know why
2: (laughs) I wonder whose muse she'll be next. Oh, I don't know. The
1: world. She's, she's far more than just Kanye's muse now. She belongs to all of us.
2: That's
0: right. It's going to be Bill Gates. She only dates billionaires. Oh, my
1: God. Well, you know, he's very big here in Seattle. So maybe I'll meet her. If I do, I'll report back. Because I, I, know, I know Bill Gates personally. So if, if that happened, you know, it's in the okay. bag. It's in the bag.
0: Um speaking of Bill Gates, the Super Bowl happened this past week. <laughs> um, what did you think of the halftime show?
1: So Justin, did you watch the halftime show?
0: Not. I literally. Okay.
1: No. Great, but but I watched it out of context. I did not watch the Super Bowl. Kaden, did you watch it as it was happening live?
2: I watched it as it was happening live. That is correct. But I was also playing Pokemon Arceus. Um, So it wasn't my first form of something taking away my attention, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it wasn't in the background. So
1: what were your impressions? What did you think?
2: Well, the biggest question that I have is when is Kendrick going to drop his next album? Uh, He's going to come out on the Super Bowl halftime show, give us a great performance, and still no word on any new single. But other than that, I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. Gen X really ate that shit up. I don't. Can I cuss in here? Yeah. Okay. Great. So
1: this is a clean podcast. Yeah,
2: we'll bleep that out in production.
1: Yeah, we definitely edit a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad that someone watched it. (laughs)
1: yeah i watched it out of context i thought it was fine i thought it was good everyone did their job it was fine um it may it did make me feel old i'm not gen x but like it made me like to a lot of those performers i haven't seen like perform their old material in a long time so like seeing particularly like 50 cent and snoop do old tracks just made me feel fucking old um Mary J did great. I I thought it was all fine. Like, nothing really, like, it was everyone doing what they do. Like, nothing really happened that was exciting, I thought, other than the fact of it. So, you know, it went well, I would say, but it wasn't, it it wasn't, like, that exciting
0: to me. I have to say... Even though I have not watched it, yet. <laughs> that That's your opinion. my opinions. Um, now, <laughs> in terms of like these, I, one I don't like the idea of splitting up the Super Bowl between artists. I do, I feel like we didn't get the best of Shakira or the best of J Lo when they split it up, and I and then we were splitting up five ways between headlining acts. I think the only way to do a, a, a halftime show with lots of performers would would have been to just pick Snoop Dogg, and then just have like a rotating cast of all of the female pop songs that he's featured on it as the Super Bowl performance. That's what I wanted.
2: Yeah, well, I come to you when <laughs> thinking about what the Super Bowl halftime show is? So many great Snoop Dogg female features. Features, yes. Truly. Really? Right now, absolutely not. California <laughs> There we go. Okay, <laughs> Katy Perry. She's on the up and up. She's really doing her show in Vegas.
0: Yeah, she has that poop thing
1: now. She right. does have that poop thing, which honestly, good for her.
0: So Paris Hilton has um, gotten married, and she's done so via reality show called Paris of Love, and it's notable because she um, two things happen at her wedding. She walks down the aisle to Kim Petras singing I Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Live? Live. It's Kim, Kim Petras? Kim Petras, which, honey, I love Kim, love but that. she doesn't have the voice to be, like, <laughs> a legato, lovely, let's walk down the aisle kind of a performance. And she also sings Paris. She covers Paris's song in ballad form before Paris comes out which is hilarious
1: stars are blind or another
0: single stars are blind love and then at the reception demi lovato comes out demi lovato was not like was not mingling was not chatting was not socializing she was like i'm on vocal rest i'm only going to stay in this house and then i will come out and sing my number and she comes out and performs this impeccable impeccable version of i will always love you i'm talking didn't miss a note Wonderful runs, sensational. Kathy Hilton jumps out of her seat at the end of it and claps in the most embarrassing way possible. It was a moment, and I wish that more people could have experienced it.
1: Where can we see Paris get married? Where? What platform is this on?
0: Cock. But um, it's oh, that's why. I know, but but
1: okay. I will say I did not see the uh series itself, but I have seen a clip, uh, from the series of, um, it, it actually just like really moved me. Have I talked about this on the podcast before?
0: No, is it the Nicole Richie thing? Yes,
1: no. no. Yeah. Yeah, That was so special. So Nicole shows up to the wedding. They like have a photo op to get up together. And then they do their weird voices that they used to do on Simple Life that I'm obsessed with where they're like, like, it's so cute. And they pull it back out. It's like the, the years have not rolled by. It was great.
2: Yeah. were you a paris fan i did watch cooking with paris and that was really i i don't know why i didn't really follow paris hilton when i was younger or when i feel like she was like going crazy in the early 2000s early uh yeah but uh cooking with paris and demi lovato's on there too so i wonder how deep their friendship goes really they love each
1: other they're actual friends they are actual friends yeah
0: wild. I mean, I love it, but I never thought that that's that's where the generational sort of gap would be closed, is between Paris and Demi.
1: They're like seven years apart, max.
0: It's Gen X to millennial, honey.
1: It is, it is, yeah.
0: Um, Paris is 40, and Demi's 26, 27, I think.
1: Okay, so they're, well, Paris looks
0: great. Yeah. I
1: definitely thought she was more like 35 than 40.
0: Mm-hmm. No, she looks incredible. Um, so next up, we're talking Euphoria. I don't watch the show. What's going on, kids?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's probably spoilers ahead. So if you don't want the season, current season two spoiled... We're probably going to spoil things. Who knows where the conversation will lead us? Um, uh, what What's your take so far, Kane? What What do you like about what's going on? What do you dislike? What do you? What? Do you, and I think notably this week there were a bunch of breaking news headlines about Sam Levinson and the set and how things were super contentious on set. Things weren't going super well. Sam was asking for like seventeen hour days because he didn't have shot lists. There's a lot. And Barbie Ferreira stormed off set. There's like a lot of behind-the-scenes drama that's coming to light over the past week. So your take on any and all of that?
2: Yeah, well, number one, I don't really know why Barbie Fiera, uh walked off set, but I can see why she's upset with what she's – or what Sam Levison has done to her character. I felt like Kat Here. was, like, a badass, you know, female lead in season one. And in season two, she's just, like, this scared, problematic um, – really doesn't confront her demons head on like she I felt like did in season one um and I'm just confused about it honestly so
1: I heard that she had more to do and when they when she started expressing concerns he cut all her shit down to what we're seeing now really it sucks yeah I and because I actually think I've been following her for years on like uh you know back when she was a tumblr girl and all that but like so I think she's iconic. I like think that she is actually not a bad actress either. So I'm I'm really curious about all the stuff that's going down. It does seem like uh, there's not a healthy situation going on on set. I also know that that's not particularly out of the ordinary for a production like this, but that doesn't mean it's okay, um, and that doesn't mean. I don't know. I, I just feel like a lot of people are like rushing to Sam Levinson's defense when it's like, Oh no, maybe we should sit with the fact that he like is showing poor leadership. I think that the, um, the show this season, I'm really into it, even though I do feel like moments are trash just in terms of like, we really are like making no bones about over-sexualizing these teens, like, and putting them through the ringer. um, Especially what what would be, I think it was episode three, it was like two episodes ago, um, where it was the extended Rue, like, running episode. Um, that was really intense. Honestly, I thought it was pretty good TV, um, but definitely not without, like, I'm not without questions about it, knowing what's going on on set.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Episode five was, I feel like, Emmy nomination worthy for... Uh,
1: Zendaya, oh my god, she was so good. That's the Roo Running episode, episode five. Yeah. Oh my god, that show was good. It was really good, but it was also
2: it was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. It was very hard to watch, but I think that that's what makes it such good TV. Is that it? Like you know, asks a question that some people are afraid to ask, um, and confront. And yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. What an enviable career! Just like from Disney to HBO, that is so much money. And Spider Man. She is Spider Man. Spider
1: Man, though, and and she didn't she and Tom Holland just buy a house? I don't know. I've read varying things about their relationship, whether or not it's for PR. But either way, um, good for them for buying a house. That's not that's big.
2: Yeah, and I love that Tom Holland is kind of a short king and just like owning it and knows that he's a little bit of a second tier to what Zendaya is. Jesus. Yeah,
1: he's a short king and she's a tall king. And, like, <laughs> they're just working with him. Love
2: it. I love the dynamic. Anyway. He's
0: a bottom, for sure, which I love. Um, so we're talking about an album this week. I can't believe it's taken us this long, honestly. But we can't burn through every album by Ari and Grande. Um on August thirtieth, twenty thirteen, yours truly came out by Ario DeGrante. <laughs>
2: um where were you, Kane? Where was I? Yeah. Um, the crazy thing about me is I really didn't get into pop music until like 2017, and I was I was in my hipster phase hard. I did not want to listen to things that were mainstream, um, and I was actually the chair of our concerts committee at Missouri State University. I don't know if I've told Ooh, you this, no. and I had the the big uh, responsibility of booking a big spring concert and it was 2000 I would say 14 so right after she released uh, yours truly and I remember the gays being like you have to bring Ariana Grande like she is this upcoming queen and I'm like no we're not gonna bring pop music how could I <laughs> biggest mistake of my life she is who the-
1: did you book though what who did you end up booking for the concert? I am
2: embarrassed to even say. No,
1: please, please, we must know.
2: Nellie. <laughs> okay, I was trying to be as democratic as possible. Everyone had qualms with the concerts committee before because they would put out this huge survey and you know really take the student, well, they would say that they would take the student's um, consideration into mind and never did they choose the top picked artist. And I was being giving the people what they want, and they voted for Nelly, and so that's no. I
1: I, I, that's legit. That's legit. An Ari concert would have been great. Although I will say, as I was doing research for this album, I was watching her concerts from this era, and frankly, I don't know if you would have gotten your money's worth. Like her concerts from this era are not it. The vocals are great, but the whatever's going on with her body, it's not. (laughs) She's not, she's not fully present in her body
0: yet.
2: Well, finding who she is, I feel
1: like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I
0: want to ask a name-dropping question just for fun. <laughs> Um, did you said that the gays wanted you to bring um, Ariana Grande? So did Diabetti
2: ask you to bring Ariana Grande? To oh, I don't know if you've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> season. Of course
1: I have. Wait, you're so we're talking about the Diabetti who went to college with you?
2: Diabetica, yes. Um, she is actually my fraternity brother. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. God. Wow! Wait, so you know her quite well?
2: I do know her quite well. Yes, um, Trenton was a, or is still an amazing person, and they were so talented and did a lot for Springfield, a lot for like just you know, gay presence or queer presence hey. in nightlife in Springfield, which there was not a lot of places to feel like truly safe as a queer person here. Uh, but they trailblazed a path for us, which was really amazing.
1: Oh, that's so nice to hear. That's great.
2: Um, but she might have said something about me bringing uh, <laughs> Ariana Grande. I bring that up only to just mention that
0: we've had we have a friend of diabetes on the pot. We've had a friend of tea of coffee on the pot. So oh. we are
1: We're just, circling, we're circling the drain. <laughs>
0: soon we'll have someone from drag race on the pod um
1: absolutely yes any day now
2: any day now <laughs> i hear Scarlett harlot is really looking for some podcast interviews Liv, let's do
0: it i love Scarlett harlot only because she's that <laughs> Hila, we're- you can
1: say that and then we and then we have her on the pod um i in uh august 2013 I was uh in uh in New York in my early 20s. I was working for the real estate business that I worked at for many years, I think. I was um starting to work on a web series that we ended up filming that fall. And um I don't really remember having this release on my radar, but I do remember very specifically playing it in the apartment that I had in Brooklyn at the time, which was like, I I had the time of my life there, but it was the most disgusting place I've ever lived. It was just like nasty and, we inherited it nasty and then we didn't take care of it. And, you know, no one, we knew the people who had moved out and no one cleaned. I hope no one's listening to this, <laughs> was living in the apartment at the time. Um, but I, I have specific memories of playing these songs and singing along to them while doing dishes in that nasty apartment in 2013. So that's, um, that's, those are my earliest memories of this album.
0: I love, that. I love that. I love that. I When I, so uh, in August 30th of 2013, I'm embar- embarrassed to admit that I was a, like such a nerd and I was like uh, very much a disney gay stan like a like a disney girl stan and that like i loved demi i loved miley i loved selena but i was not here for a nickelodeon queen (laughs) second rate um and so i did not listen to this album when it came out um but i do remember Ari being discussed a little bit on fashion police which i watched religiously and they like liked her stuff because she wore like a bunch of fifties fit, fit flare flair dresses at the time anyways all that to say i did i did make it around to this album once i started hanging out with like a, a a very gay group towards my sophomore year of college and um this like elder gay was like no this is the best album that is out by a pop girl and i listened to it and i was like holy fuck i have been reborn um and i've loved her ever since
2: once you hear that intro of honeymoon avenue you know you just kind of get hooked it's really really magnum opus for someone that's just starting out (laughs) maybe too big of a word (laughs) no i live it
0: for it what a great um what a great transition into our first track honeymoon (laughs)
2: avenue kane would you like to share more thoughts on that (laughs) um yeah i can share a couple thoughts that i've had um so, like I said, I really didn't like a lot of pop music until very recently, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with I yeah. didn't want to be a theater gay, and there was a lot of theater gays going around. And then I heard Honeymoon Avenue, and I was like, okay, well, this is what they're talking about right here. This stuff is good. <laughs> um, and the violence at the beginning really me, and then. Her vocals in the entire thing are just uh, pretty wonderful. Yes, Kayla.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we get this like this sort of more or less lush, like like uh, orchestral intro into this sort of almost like yeah fifties inflected doo woppy um, uh, start to the song. Um, in my notes, this is all I have. I wrote absolute genius. Greatest. Oh, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote greatest car song since Aretha's Freeway of Love until driver's license. Um, I wrote that it's 11 out of 10 for me. Uh-huh. I. I think that this song is pretty great actually I do like the extended car metaphor I think it works um, I think it's one of the unfortunately it's one of the more lyrically complex songs on this album which is not to say that it's actually lyrically complex but just like for this album um, the impeccable vocal it's great to sing to by yourself because it's challenging but you can almost do it or I can almost do it so this is the perfect aspirational pop song to sing along to for Um, I think it's, uh, I I think the production here too is involved but not distracting Um, and uh, I just, I I can't say enough good things about this track, I love it.
0: I agree, I love this track.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should also mention too that I got a text that Jeremy listened to the first 30 seconds of this and didn't like it, which I just have to call out as being objectively wrong.
0: It is objectively long and he's since amended it. He was like, the first twenty, thirty seconds is too doo y and just saturine and bad is I what he said.
2: Bad album.
0: He called I it a bad pentatonics album when he first heard the intro, which is wrong. I would like to say I,
1: I mean love- I see it. I don't I see it. I see it. But um but it is wrong. I see it, but it's wrong.
0: Um, I will say that we all know that Ari loves to open up her album with something classical, something airy, something beautiful and old-worldy. And, like, this is the start of that tradition. And I know that it, like, we're starting with, like, 30 seconds of sort of 50s whatever. But it's a great song. I think, yes, lyrically, it is well done. The metaphor holds up. Um, It's relatable. And i love i actually think we get a nice peek into ari's aesthetics over the years because she likes a weird song and the last minute is just that really low like honeymoon avenue like over and (laughs) over again and i love that (laughs) i
1: like it too and then i like it when her vocal comes back in i just think it's really well constructed and actually i remember early on in her career um watching a video where she gave an interview about this song that she had been playing it for years. I think she was doing while she was on whatever that show
0: was. Sam Victorious? Victorious. It was she was on two. What
1: what was oh yeah. The, Sam and Kat was the spinoff uh, from Victorious. I know because I I know I didn't ever watch an episode, but um I've seen I've seen the TikToks. Um, but essentially she said that she had been gigging this song around for years and she was really happy with how the producers sort of re-envisioned it for the album, and I agree. I think that, like, from what I've seen online, she was doing a more straightforward version of the song, and then the producers really came in with that sort of, like, last minute of, like, deconstructed madness, and I think it's one of the most interesting moments on the album, frankly, and I like it.
0: Yeah, love Um, next up we have, uh, (laughs) baby, I, um, which I guess I'll start on really quickly. I think it's important to go ahead and just address early the Mariah of it all. Like, I think the first sort of headline that came out along around when Ari was debuting music was that she was sort of the next Mariah Carey. That's who we were supposed to see, see and view her as. And I think this song is probably the song where you, where you can really directly connect that sort of Mariah um, comparison because the song itself is a little flimsy. We got a, we have a chorus that's repeating can-
1: Excuse
0: me <laughs> we are about to break out into fisticuffs what there, there is a lot of repetition which mariah is known for because we need a four-letter word that we can go ahead and 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 a vowel that we can riff on over and over and over again and i would like to just go ahead and tell the audience that this is my favorite song on the album i fucking love it <sighs> But it is there purely so that she can show off her vocal prowess. And I love that. And I'll talk more on it later, I'm sure.
1: Okay, I just have to jump in just to fight for my my girl, Mariah. Because I do think that the the comparison is particularly on this song, but... Um, I, I just have quibbles with some of the small details that were dropped here, particularly that that Mariah likes to extend vowels on on four letter words. You know, obsessed is quite a long word. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the word uh, there's there's we're not seeing honey has five letters so <laughs> i don't really see uh what you're saying here but um to move forward um i i do think in general the singles on this album to me are a little bit less good than the deeper cuts i think this this was one of the first singles on the album. i don't think it was the first unless i'm wrong i think the way was the first single um but uh this is fine and fun it gets the job done i do think we have this like repeated like oh yeah 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 like that's very like it's like two, literally two notes and I think it's it's very sort of reminiscent of the recent pop princesses of like the early two thousands at the time. Um, I do think it, it's it's all fine. The the lyrics are a little asinine, um, uh, and I I think for me it's like an eight eight and a half out of ten. It's fine. It's good. Like a great vocal, but like it it it's not. A song I put on all the time, like the way I actually put on Honeymoon Avenue all the time.
0: Uh, okay, uh, I have rebuttals, but I will wait. Kane, what do you think of this song? Uh,
2: I will stay on Honeymoon Avenue until the day I die, so I feel you on that aspect. And Baby Eye is, you know, a great track for what it is, just uh, the the track number two. I think oh. that it gives you a nice beat that you can kind of move your shoulders to <laughs> and enjoy what Ariana is going to try to explore later in the album um, with, like, you know, uh, the over synthetic popness of it all, and but still that kind of callback to that doo y sounds. Um, so I think it's I think it's a good track, but like I don't I, I agree not my standout track of the album.
0: I couldn't disagree more <laughs> with both of you. I think
1: this is one of your tops, huh? You love this.
0: I love this song so much because I really think one this is probably one of the last times we really get a strong belt from ari in her career like we're getting a lot of nice belting in this album and she pulls back in every other subsequent album and this album we see a full vocal sort of breakdown she is giving us she's going as hard as she can and that last baby eye in the bridge um where she's like where she screams i keep saying baby eye," like there you get something there that like emotionally I don't know if Ari ever revisits ever in her career I hear,
1: that. I hear that for sure actually yeah she's giving something here that she doesn't give many other places which is motion
0: yeah for sure yeah so I stand baby I but I understand I understand what you guys are saying but I don't love it um <laughs> <laughs> next up we have right there who wants to start
1: I I can start on this one. I think this is pretty, pretty good. In my notes I'm reading, it says, Pretty good, though Big Sean's verse is terrible, all caps. Mm -hmm. Great chorus, not great lyrically, 9 out of 10. I think that this one is slightly better than Baby Eye as far as, like, the singles go on this album and the tracks go on this album. Um, Like, there's a little bit more momentum to it for me um, rather than, like... I think both Baby I and Right There sort of circle this idea of, like, more or less undying devotion. Like, essentially, the other party could never do anything wrong. Ari's gonna show up, essentially. And, you know, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Um,
1: A great vocal. A great vocal. I'll say again. Always. But go for it. Is
0: there ever a bad vocal, though? You know, but...
1: No, but there are vocals that are less committed.
0: I, I mean, agreed. I I, I think the strike is fine. I, yeah, but when Big Sean, so Big Sean guested on a lot of pop girls um, albums this sort of 2013 year. I'm pretty sure he did something for bangers as well uh, around the same time. And he used the same sort of themes. I'm pretty sure he he raps about a drive-through a lot and about <laughs> girls who are like, I'm gonna get ready in four minutes and go through a drive-through. And it just sounds sort of misogyny-y Um, in my humble opinion. Um, But I think it's fine. um, And I think it's danceable. And
2: I don't like it as much as Baby. (laughs) And I think we should definitely address the uh, boyfriend of it all because... Uh, she started dating Big Sean, yeah, right, exactly, while this Yours Truly era was happening, but also a couple tracks later features Mac Miller, which she will go on to famously date much harder than what she did with Big Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. little so, drama of having both of them feature on her album.
1: I think Big Sean and Ariana... Uh, famously walked the Grammys right carpet together. I want to say that was in 2014. It might have been 2015. Um, but they uh, they dated for not a whole lot of time, but she did still reference him in Thank You, Next. Um, I think they... this. I just wish some of whatever chemistry they had in real life would have showed up in this song, because this is a very lackluster verse from
0: him. It is.
1: Um, Wait, I have one more thing to say, which is I was just reading some background on this and apparently Naya Rivera wrote in her memoir that she found Ariana Grande at her house when she and Big Sean were still dating and she and Big Sean had like a big relationship. Anyway, that's all I got to say.
0: I love that tea, and it does. It, it does. It makes so much sense that Ari was a part of some sort of Glee drama at some point.
1: <laughs> Thank God. I mean, the Ryan Murphy of it all.
0: So we are talking about what I maybe know to be one of Kayla's favorite songs, "Tattooed Heart." Kayla, would you like to start?
1: I would love to. Um, so Tattooed Heart, we have a very, again, 50s inflected, I think maybe even more so than Honeymoon Avenue, um, uh, composition as well as execution, production, um, the, there's this sort of, uh, and then we, we hear it sonically, right? That sort of like 50s influence in the backing vocals, especially. And then we hear it referenced in the lyrics of the song itself with the lyrics, um, uh, something like, oh, like it's 1954, which doesn't rhyme with anything. So I'm curious why that year, um, but okay. Um, and then the, um, I wrote down the key change, check mark. The, the lyrics that go along with the key change are Wrapped Me in Your Jacket, which to me is a thumbs down. Like what a key change to me indicates like an elevated Emotional state and elevated, perhaps lyrical state. And what we get is wrap me in your jacket. Um, but overall, obviously, I, I'll stand this song till I die. I think it's a great vocal from Ari, um, a, a strong sort of musical moment in terms of the, uh, you know, early 20 teens combined with the 50s. Um, and uh, I, I, I remember, especially, I think the performance of hers, maybe at the American Music Awards of this song that was uh, really strong. So to me, this song is an 11 out of 10. Okay, and also, the rest of you have not been numerically rating these tracks, and you don't have to, but if you want to, I invite you to.
2: <laughs> wonderful um the one thing that I wrote down about this track is this is what I think Megan Trainer thought she was doing yes. um, Ariana Grande did it like yes 100%. like uh, the doo 1950s uh lover bubblegum track she nailed 110 percent and um I'm still staying Honeymoon Avenue, but this is a 10 out of 10 track for me as well
0: Beautiful I agree I, that's a really apt comparison because Michael or because Michael because Megan Traynor was doing that and she was doing it poorly um, but also to address the 1954 of it all, I literally thought she was saying 1955
1: Maybe she is this album we arguably get her poorest elocution um, out of many albums with poor elocution. So, yeah.
0: And, and also to the point of Wrap Me In Your Jacket, I thought she was saying Wrap Me In Your Journey, which was more profound for me.
1: No, so that is more profound. For, honestly, the, I landed on Wrap Me In Your Jacket this round of listening, and I've been singing Wrap Me In Your Pocket. It for years and then this time around I heard jacket but I'll I'll, I'll genius lyrics it I'll see what we're at but um again this is early in her career and I think to this day Ariana is famous for her lack of pronunciation she's a mumblecore queen and uh that's just where we have to meet her halfway but she's been working on it I do think
0: She has been working on it. And she she did give a note to someone during the voice where she was like, you know, you need some better diction. And she was like, I know when I sing pop, no one knows what I'm saying, but you really do need to work on that. diction. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a great moment. But I do think that this song is nice. And I think what's great about this song is it's the first time we were introduced to Ari sort of. Cleanly and, and with sophistication, um, swapping between head voice and like uh, our chest voice and sort of uh, falsetto or head voice. There's a real distinction between the two here, and it's soft and pretty, and I really like it.
1: Our producer, Aaron Burnett, has popped in the chat with a fun fact. According to Genius Lyrics, 1954 may also be a reference to Marilyn Monroe's marriage to Joe DiMaggio, which both started and ended in 1954. What a horrible reference for her to be making. But great. Like You know, I forget that Ari's one of those Marilyn girls, which I always say or think to myself, God bless them. You know, God bless those Marion girls, Marilyn girls, because they need it.
0: Um, This song was popular around the same time that Smash came out and Smash was doing a a Marilyn sort of Joe DiMaggio thing. And I would venture to guess that that's where Ari got it, if we're being honest with ourselves.
1: I actually love this origin story. I think that's fucking chaotic. (laughs) No, but I think I think Ari was a Marilyn fan before that. You know, there are people who gravitate to her and I think that's great for them.
0: I used to be a Maryland girl, but oh my
1: God, I love that for you.
0: Yeah, you hate it. Uh...
1: <laughs> I just think that there's no better way to say "I'm damaged than a Marilyn Monroe tattoo.
0: <laughs> I would never get a tattoo, but I think there's no better way to say, "I'm a slutty, but I like it than saying you're. <laughs> um, let's talk about loving it, our next track on the album. As I love the, li- the the lyrics. I would say Lovin' It is another boppy track, um, much like Baby I. Um, And this album is weird because I normally look to the first five tracks to it, like to assess quality. And I think that some of the weaker tracks are in the first five. And then as we go through the album, we get stronger with some of the weirder stuff. But what? That,
1: okay, yeah. we're about to fight. I'm so excited. Um... <laughs> I, I, I think the album gets weaker as it goes along, but I am so interested in your take. So please keep going.
0: Love. loving um, loving It is fine. It's a, certainly a good vocal and it's a nice beat and I would give it an eight. Um, all of the other tracks I would give a nine or above. Baby Eye being an 11, Tattoo Heart being 12. Cool.
2: Can hey, what do you think of Loving It? Um, I don't have strong opinions on Loving It, honestly. So I'm going to refer it to Kayla.
1: Um, I think we're we're on the same page, actually, Justin, about Loving It. I also ra- rated it an eight out of ten. Um, I just I'm I'm curious that we're in the first five tracks for you. We have an eleven and a twelve, and it it goes uphill from here. I'm so excited. Um, this song, it's better on repeated listens. Like, this is one that actually kind of falls to the background for me when we think about this al- album as a whole. Definitely not at the bottom. Definitely not at the top. Um, I do think that there's, an, there's a nice hook here, but it's not in the chorus. And there's that, baby, don't you know? That but that's not the chorus. And it fucks me up because the, like pre-chorus or like the the opening like phrase is more catchy than the chorus which is just i'm loving it i'm loving it like it's stupid so that that's my critique of the song it's an eight out of ten again nice vocal we're we're here with ari she's she's giving it
0: she's giving vocals so next up we have piano. And in the standing tradition or of the early tradition of us singing songs from this album, I'd like to give you a little bit of the chorus. <laughs> I could write a song on my new piano. I can sing about how love is a losing battle. It's not hard. not hard. I knew you It's not
1: hard. It's not hard. Okay, I love this song. Okay, who wants to go first?
0: I want to go first because I love this song. <laughs> <Good. laughs> Upswing, this is a great fucking track. It could have been on the radio. It's catchy, it's kitschy, it's camp, and it's good all at the same time. Um, I just think that this is fun and like appropriate for where she was in her career at that point, and
2: I would give it an 11 out of 10. Yeah, this is one of, I feel like, my catchier album, or tracks on the albums, because I can just, it's just always a really great like melody or chorus to be singing, um, and it's like, she's always writing for, I feel like, a troll soundtrack, that it's just like this... Oh. No. Poppy. <laughs> yeah. poppy like that is all i can think of is
1: no, not the troll soundtrack
2: <laughs> i fucks with some trolls so if you <laughs> can't get down i don't know but ariana grande i know has and would be this whole album would be a great addition to this troll soundtrack <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yeah my only notes are fucking bop it's a 12 out of 10 for me although honestly my first instinct was a 15 out of 10 this is this is like the track on the album for me i fucking love this track. i'll do anything to this track i'll wash dishes i'll take a shower i'll i'll i can put this song on my running playlist like this is it for me i love it and i think there are many aspects of it, partly it's the vocal, partly it's, I think the, the producers on this album, and I, I, I should look up who those are, they have a very heavy hand with the clap effect uh, throughout the album of like we like and i think that this is the height of the clap particularly when we look at like what nikki's doing in 2013 like like we're in a clap track moment but they're very liberal with it and i think that this is the track that i live for the Clap on! I just think it's so good. Um, I I love this unabashedly. It's it's amazing.
0: Um, speaking of the producers, I just pulled them up. It, it was produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds and
1: Babyface,
0: Babyface, Antonio Dixon, and Patrick J.K. Smith.
1: Well, that's very interesting because well, you know I think Mariah very famously references Babyface in a lyric. She says, uh, then I hear, then I hear Babyface. I only, you know, uh, this is during uh, We Belong Together. Um, it's so wild that, you know, they're working together.
0: Cool. Here's the next Mariah Carey. <laughs> and so Piano gives us a fun shot of euphoria and light. And then a really high, rapid note on the piano is played, and you hear, You walk in, caught my attention, and <laughs> Daydreaming starts. And frankly, a better song, an even better song for me.
1: Whoa, I don't know about that. I think that piano is superior, but I do think daydreaming is very good. What are your, what, what draws you to Daydreaming?
0: it is theatrical in a fun way it feels like uh, like top tier high school musical um and it is uh, again a challenging vocal and it, it it's unabashedly fun
1: i wrote in my notes for Daydreaming. it's a yes for me dog great vocals, halfway decent lyrics. I'm on board. That's all we need apparently. It's, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. And I think where I don't quite connect with it is um, I think that it's um, it's a little maybe lyrically lazy like it just doesn't get me going the way that like piano or Tattooed Heart do like I feel like in a lot of the songs here, we have one extended metaphor that, that really supports the song. And here, Daydream is a little all over the place. What do you think, Kane?
2: Yeah, I think that lyrically it is just kind of a little lazy. I'm not like taking away anything from the song because it is just like any song on this album is like super poppy and like can be listenable. Um, but it's never the one that always, or it's never the one that catches my attention when I'm listening through. Um, I and I,
1: doesn't it start with "Caught my attention"?
2: <laughs> pretty wild huh she she'd work maybe a little bit better on that next time um but yeah i would give it an eight out of ten yeah and
0: then we moved to the way as, as featuring her next boyfriend mac miller yes kayla
1: what did you rate "Daydreaming"?
0: um i don't know i got really excited about it um 13 out of 10. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So we've got an eight, nine, 13. Okay, perfect. Let's go on to, I think we can all agree Daydreamin's quality though. Okay. The Way. Yes. Mac Miller.
0: Featuring, yes. Her next boyfriend, Mac Miller. I believe it was the single that charted the best from this album. I mean, so too. Um, and um, uh, who wants to start on this
2: one? I can start. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite on the album, and I maybe I just, like, really love a single. Um, and I just also... Mac Miller is the... I will say best Ariana boyfriend that we have seen um, and I ship them and anything that they're doing together. Uh, I love my favorite part. If you're looking at Mac Miller's discography with Ariana Grande is amazing. Um, and I think that they work so well together and their chemistry, uh, even in their music video, is just like so fun and playful. Um, and, you know, seeing Ariana Grande, just have fun with someone else's uh really magnetic i would say um so i give this one for me uh and maybe it's just because of the star quality of mac miller and 11 out of 10
1: (laughs) oh look at that i'll jump in just simply because i don't think no like i don't have a deep knowledge of mac miller's discography but i think Given my limited knowledge, this is not like a great showing for him. Like, I don't think this is one of his top verses he's ever written or performed. And I feel like if he had showed up a little bit more, it would have elevated the song. I also feel like they I don't know. I think this is one of the better singles, though. I'm not trying to say, like, I think it's bad. I just feel like if Mac Miller had, like, showed up a little more fully. And I also don't know what the label was telling folks, because my personal opinion is that like all the guest verses on this album are kind of garbage. Like I feel like they're very much skirting this like, like she first of all she only has male guest artists here. They I think she has exclusively rappers and like they're sort of all towing this line of like sexuality and crudity that i think that nickelodeon is more or less prescribing at this point or like she feels contractually obliged to so i feel like maybe it's not max paul the verse is not great but overall overall it's a good song i i say all this just to say that i i feel like the male guest verses on this album as a whole are are really weird, deeply weird. <laughs> and um, this one's no exception. For me though, it is a nine out of 10 as, uh, for the song as a whole, I think it's, I think it's a bop.
0: <laughs> I love this track, um, but I think, I, I'm not gonna speak to the Mac Miller of it all because I think he's good, but I actually will say that the, the, I love this track purely for Ari's vocals. Um, there's something about her voice in the, in the line, if you want it, I got it, I got it every day, like where she puts that is just this sublime little like brain fizzing, lovely note. And um, I also think that one of the interesting things she does on this album in particular is that she'll hit her top in the verses before she gets to the current chorus. Like she'll go as high as she can go and belt as much as she wants at like a certain phrase in the verses and then come back down for the choruses. And it keeps things interesting interesting, and it keeps it fun. But this I think is really radio ready. I think it's really fun to listen to and danceable. And I'm, I would give it a solid 10 out of 10. Um, but next up we have, uh, you'll never know. I'll start on this one. I think it's the most forgettable of the album, I would say. I think it's probably an 8 out of 10, but it's mid-tempo. She doesn't belt, and it's fine.
1: Um, I, I'll hop in because I agree. I think for our listeners who may be forgetting this song, because I agree, it is forgettable. It's like, you'll never know. And that's like the hook. So it is not the most <laughs> like hookable song. I think this song is better on repeat listens. Frankly, this was never a song I put on until I was doing research for the podcast. You know, I think I very rarely have listened to this album tip to toe before. Um, and this one is not one that I would put on of my own volition. It's not bad though, it's like a seven out of ten.
2: Agreed. I I really don't, re- like, if I were just looking at a track list, I could be like, oh, yeah, piano song. Oh, yeah, uh, The Way. I could definitely point out the ones that are, are you know, popular, whatever. Uh, but this is something that I just never remember off of the album. Uh, I'm not saying that any of this album is bad. It's just mid-tempo, just mid in the alien. So I would give it, like, a, a 7, 6.5, just... Just not there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. Ari scale, like a six. Right. Yeah. On Ari scale, not bad. Still but an amazing track. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: For another, for another artist, aspirational for Ari, like fine, bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> and next we have almost as never enough, oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um. I'll start because I started singing and I think that this is a song for singers and frankly, I fucking hate this song. I don't think it's a good song. I don't think, I like, I appreciate it as a duet. Like, I think it sounds good. But for me, it really evokes that feeling of um <laughs> not even okay. This is not even Ariana Grande and John Legend duetting on the Beauty and the Beast title track for the Beauty and the Beast re-release. It's like Celine Dion uh,'s version of that. It's just it seems it's contrived. It's not I have only ever heard singers respond to this song and I think it's good but like the central lyric almost is never enough it's not i don't i don't think this song stands up i don't and i'm ready to fight if that's where we're headed but i just don't this song is like a six out of ten for me although we have a beautiful vocal from both parties it's great but like i think the song is bad let's go <laughs> this
0: let's so go funny. I'm so fucking mad.
2: (laughs) I'm going to agree with Justin on this one. I think the song is amazing.
1: It's amazing. This is where I I feel like I need more from Ari. Like, give me something. Give me something. Like, give me something. She's not, she's phoning. It sounds pretty, but she's phoning it in.
0: No, no, absolutely not. No, you need more from her when in the bridge she gives you the biggest belt she's ever given you in her entire career. Still
1: not enough. Almost is never enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I fucking love this song. I <laughs> it's four and a half to five minutes long. And I tell you, if there's one song from Ari's career that I revisit weekly it is this song hey,
1: you're joking wait that's so interesting are you a singer
0: <laughs> i love it um and yes i mean i do like i do really like nathan sykes first i think if we're talking versus nathan sykes actually has the strongest verse on this uh album i really like his tenor voice he
1: didn't write it
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how they meld together. I just think that the belting is so phenomenal through here. I think the relationship between their voices in the choruses, in them um, in the like bridge, we see two people, Ari hasn't hit superstar level here, so that we see two people ad-libbing who have a lot of admiration for each other and so there's a nice relationship between the vocalists and I think it's honestly one of her strongest collabs. I think it's so fun to fucking listen to. It's so fun to fucking sing
2: to. I give it a 20 out of 10. I love
0: oh. it.
2: Um, I don't think I agree with a 20 out of 10, but I also really love this song. Um, but I do have a question and I, I might sound dumb for me even asking this, um, but I don't know. Who is Nathan Sykes? So That's wait- the
1: question of the hour. Justin yeah. seems to have intel, but I have the, I did Google him and I still have the question.
2: <laughs> okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, his voice compliments Ariana Grande's so well. Beautiful
1: voice. Beautiful
2: I, voice. Yeah. Just technically the way that he can go those runs and just hit every note and keep up with Ariana Grande doing those runs. It's just really beautiful to hear. Um, something like both of those, like so refined and... <laughs> Oh, there he is. I'm
1: I'm showing a picture, audience. Ari and Nathan are under the same umbrella.
0: Oh, he is a cutie, is the thing.
1: Wait, did she date him too? They're holding hands in all of the press pictures I'm seeing. Was this a fake relationship? I don't know. And also, I applaud her for, in every photo with him, she's only showing the same side of her face, and she refuses to show the other side of her face iconic um justin what do you think about this i know you love it but like do you have any rebuttals to what what we've been discussing or to this to this specific photo of ariana grande and nathan sykes I do
0: feel that I've won. I do feel that it is the strongest track on the album. Um, And I do feel that her relationship with Nathan Nathan Sykes foreshadows her relationship with the real estate agent she's married now. Do do they look the same? Probably. I couldn't tell them. I couldn't pick out the other in the lineup. Honestly. So um, I'm going to say... That This is the perfect man for her, and she recorded a perfect song with him, and um, I will never not stand, almost is never enough.
1: I don't like it, but we'll move on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's move on to something, Kayla. I'd love to hear your thoughts on popular song.
1: Okay, hilarious. Hilarious! Okay, so... We you know we now know that Ariana Grande has been cast as the Galinda in the upcoming John Chu directed, (laughs) wicked movie opposite Cynthia Arivo. I think this song is a hilarious foretelling of the future. I think this song is honestly just like a real fun and funny like pop culture moment. Like I don't know that it's a great song. It heavily samples popular from. Wicked. Um, it, I, it features Mika, who was, had a big moment, I, I feel like, about five years before this album came out, in around like 2007-2008, and then is resurging with this moment, which was, uh, this track was both, I think, on one of his albums and one on uh, on Ari's, obviously. Um, I don't think that this is a great song in terms of composition. Um, But I do think it's memorable, it's fun, it's funny, it's gimmicky. And then with the added knowledge that Ari is now playing, Glinda, I think it just hits different. Um, I think uh, this song, I, I rated it like a 9 out of 10 just for the iconicness of all of the above but not necessarily for the song itself. Just for like the cultural moment it hath created. What do we all think?
0: I have a question for you, Kane. (laughs) Go. Have you seen Wicked? I have not
1: you've never seen wicked oh my gosh something has changed within me
2: (laughs) my dumb question number two and I'm glad we didn't have to get to it was is this a cover um so I'm glad we've already answered it and I don't have to ask that question
1: that's the thing though it's not a cover it's like it heavily samples popular from the musical wicked however um it only samples it like it's not it's not a cover actually it's a weird like I just think this is the weirdest pop culture moment not of all time but like certainly of this album where we are constructing a song based off of Steven Schwartz's composition and based off the knowledge that Ari is actually a wicked Stan. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. I can't believe this should exist. And I hope that this is the closing credit song (laughs) for Wicked the musical, the movie.
0: So not knowing because i will also cop you i did not know because i had not seen wicked live until like pre-pandemic right pre-pandemic before i watched it mm-hmm. um but i didn't know that this was a wicked sampled song not knowing that did you like it or
2: were you like Egh. i honestly hated it
1: that's <laughs> um, so funny actually i think that's correct though if you had liked it i'd be like
2: <laughs> this is the one song, and this is how I felt with Successful on um, Sweetener. This is the one song that I'm just like, why? what are you doing here, Ari? You just want to flex on us here for a second? Wait, but I like Successful. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> um, it's a song that I feel like almost... And again, I have never seen the musical, so if you want to come at me, please do. But I feel like it tries too hard, and I really don't find it as catchy as i think i should and it's a very skippable song for me on this album which is the only i feel like skippable song i have on this album
1: wait that's so funny justin what do you think
0: i when uh, before i knew it was wicked it was also a skip song and oh, i do think
1: so funny okay keep going
0: I think it's bad, but I also am glad that she started, uh, It like, she started foraying herself into this specific genre that only Ari has invented and experimented with, which is songs that heavily reference musical theater songs, but then are brought into the pop music world. We see her do it again with Seven Rings. Exactly. <laughs> which right. I- is more successful. Seven Rings, I, I, you know, have kind of a love for. We know that the music video is problematic, but the song itself is quite catchy. Um, and I don't like popular song, but I'm glad that she kept
2: experimenting.
1: <laughs> and- I think too. Oh, sorry. Go for it. And then I'll go.
2: Okay. I love an artist that sticks to their roots. You know, the kind of artist that like says what they're about. And then like 10 years later, they're still doing that thing. So you even just saying that it's, a, a Wicked reference and now that she's cast in Wicked, I think that that's super cool of Ariana Grande. And I respect that a lot.
1: I, I It's like, it's legendary. Like, it's so, it's, she manifested it. Like, I think it's fucking cool. And I can't wait to hit, hit, hear her hit those grace notes as Glinda, like, hit the top range of Kristen's register, Kristen Chenoweth. Like, it's gonna be epic. Hopefully. If the movie's good, it might be trash. But, um, Uh, I wanted to say, oh, I wanted to add one song into the pantheon of uh, Ari doing musical theater almost, but not, which is she has on, I think it's Dangerous Woman, she has Jason's song, which is Jason Robert Brown, who wrote 13, I believe, which she was in on Broadway, um, contributed a song to her... To her dangerous woman album that is very empty musical theater like piano and vocals. so um, I think that this is something that we see repeated throughout her career of like being interested in staying connected to musical theater and I think clearly it's plan- panned out for her so. Um, I can't wait for this movie. I feel like it's about to be ridiculous because I do love Wicked, but it's also kind of bad. So, like, I'm so excited because there's nothing I love better than a good, bad movie.
0: What I really want most of all is Ari really giving us a true blonde high pony moment.
1: Well, what are they going to do about her wigs? Because she's specific like what are they I'm so I'm invested I can't I'm I'm excited I can't wait I can't wait like will they let us see her with a blonde wig hair down because that's the iconic Galinda you know for popular but she has to toss her hair toss toss you know like it's embedded into the song no, I can't wait
0: it'll still be a high pony but with just like enough hair for her to toss toss <laughs>
1: Um, Should we talk about Better Left Unsaid?
0: The only thing I'd like to say about Popular Song is that the only other artist who's come close to this musical theater, not musical theater genre is Fergie at the end of her first album. Um, And (laughs)
1: no i actually have quibbles with you saying that because there are several moments where pop stars have done this one is gwen doing rich rich girl if i was a rich girl directly stolen from fiddler she also did um, on the same album on her girls or lovers or whatever the fuck she titled it Um, She did uh, the Goat Herd song, but... uh, And what... Oh, Wind It Up was the title. Um, Wind It Up. And then um, there was one other notable example I'm thinking of, but there are other artists who... Oh, you know what? It was Flo Millie actually also sampled Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. For her song Roaring Twenties. She sampled uh, that. And uh, Cameron's letting us know in the chat, executive producer Cameron Toy is letting us know that aside from non males in pop music, Jay Z has also sampled Annie when he um, did, I don't know the name of the track actually, but like he sampled Hard Knock Life for one of his tracks. (laughs) Um, So it is a, it is a, it is a tradition, even if not everyone participates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just ready for Beyoncé to give us a full musical theater album. Um,
1: she won't, though. She fucking did the fucking Lion King. And she, what I I like about it is she went non-musical theater for her Lion King album. but And she was specifically tra- tapping into other artists from the African continent. But... Yeah, I don't think she's gonna give us. She did dream girls and she didn't give us. Like she's not she's not about to I would love it though. I let me I would love it. I it's a it's a dream.
0: <laughs> she's not giving, but it's a dream. Finally, we get to uh better left unsaid. Um something's better left unsaid. Said. Mm
1: track is bananas this track the production on this track they were like what what are the trends going on in pop music can we use all of them (laughs) and they tried it and I can't say that it's good but I can say that it's interesting I do think again this is a song that I would never like, if you asked me to list the tracks on this album prior to research for this podcast, would never have said this song. Mm-hmm. Now it's at top of brain because it's so weird.
0: <laughs> it
1: makes me kind of like the song. Like, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. But it's not good. Um, I feel like in my heart of hearts, it's like and. 8.5, but like actually it's more like a six point five. Like it's so weird and borderline bad, but I I I don't dislike it.
2: Kane. Okay. I think it's a good like if out of all of the songs on the track list, I think that this is the only one that could close out the album. I'm just really just oh. throwing everything to the track and seeing what st <laughs> was literally everything. It's
1: experimental. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, And it also leaves the door open for her to go wherever she chooses um, with her next album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that was, I, I, that's a very important part of the last track that you choose. It's like, what are you going, where are you going to next? Um, and she was like, I who the fuck knows? We're going to see what's stuck with the album. And um but again, to your point, this is something that I would never be like, you know what, I'm going to put on this song, unless I'm listening to the album front to back. Um, so it's an all right song, but not a top stick-up track.
0: I think you make a good point, though, because I feel like some things are better left unsaid. is a lot like, this is the way wanna... Yeah. It's very... <laughs> She's going into her next era, right? That's the next era. Yeah. It's we're doing we're doing hardcore sort of Skrillex inflected pop music around the <laughs> same time. So that. Did it, and I actually, yeah, I think you're completely right. And I love the song. I can't tell you why. I can't <laughs> tell you how. I don't think it's the best, but I don't think it's the worst. And I will give it uh, an eight out of ten.
1: Bro, bro.
0: So, do we want? Do we need to talk about the way featuring Mac Miller the Spanglish version or no?
1: I haven't listened to it.
2: I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah,
1: no, I didn't listen.
2: (laughs) The Spanglish version does not
1: (laughs) sound. However, I now will go look it up after the podcast, and listeners, you could too. That could be a way you spend your life.
0: I have listened to it. I li- because I listen to this album top to bottom every time I listen to it. Um, and it's actually oh. really fun. Um, oh, wow. Hey, it's Jay Diaz. And we're back to um, give our favorite tracks of <laughs> yours truly. Um, who would like to start on their favorite tracks? I'll start.
2: Uh, The number one track is the the thing that you started the album off with. There is no way that I can ever get enough of Honeymoon Avenue. It is the perfect, like you said, the perfect song to belt in your car when no one's around. Because it's it's fun musically and just uh, puts a smile on my face every time I hear it. Uh, I'll never not listen to Honeymoon Avenue. So that's my best track.
0: Live. I'm gonna. I'll go a second, and I'll just go ahead and say that my favorite tracks are "Honeymoon Avenue," "Baby Eye," "Tattooed Heart," um, "Piano," "Daydreaming," uh, "Almost Is Never Enough."
1: <laughs> <laughs> a full five. We wouldn't have it any other way. Um, anything you want to add to your five to elucidate, or do you think you're good?
0: Uh, no uh, special, uh, you know, special shout out to the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think my my top three. Number one for me has got to be piano. Uh, I can't say it the actual way the word is said. I can only say how she sings it, which is peno. Um, yeah. I think number two and three are probably tied. Tattooed Heart and Honeymoon Avenue, both uh, outstanding tracks. There's a lot on this album that's outstanding, but those are my top three.
0: I love that. All right. And so now we get into our rating for the album. This is our pop and bottles. We rate on a boxed wine system um, with Franzia being the lowest, Black Box being a middle rating, and Boda Box being a top-rated album. Um, We've frequently gone off the rails and rated with any sort of uh, liquor metaphor that you can find, create, and equate to this album. Um, Who would like to go first? I'll go first and say that, um, and it's not just because I'm drinking it, but this album is really, truly a well-constructed cosmopolitan. It is gay, for sure. It is theatrical, which I think, you know, is on brand for a Cosmopolitan. Um, and it will fuck you up, um, mainly due to the production, but also due to the vodka. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a, a great Cosmopolitan.
2: I'll continue. Well, I'll, I'll go back to the original um, boxed wine metaphor. And I think definitely... It is the Boda Box of albums, uh, specifically a Moscato Boda Box, because it is sweet. Uh, You can be drinking it with your girlies and having a good time. Um, And that's really, I feel like, what the album really equates to a a Moscato photo box. Moscato does equal youth too. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) I I love that. I think that's super apt. What I was thinking before I heard the Moscato metaphor, which I feel like, I think that's perfect, but um, what I was thinking about was like, uh, like Honestly, like a, <laughs> a vodka crayon with a splash of seltzer. Like it is, it's sweet. It's sort of a drink that you might order as like a beginner drinker, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Like it's actually quite good. Maybe it's simple, maybe it's basic, but are the, are the vocals there? Yes. Like it's, I, I think that what we're dealing with is, the early steps of a, re- of a major player in pop music.
0: I have to tell a really stupid story really fast, which is, uh, again, one time Kayla and I were in London together. We went to a night of a thousand Marcos, and that night, which was the night that Meghan Markle got married, but that night... Um,
1: Not anyone else. Only Meghan Markle got married. <laughs>
0: We got so drunk, and I was drinking. We were both drinking vodka crayons the entire night, and there was one point where I just looked at Kayla and dropped my vodka (laughs) crayon Uh... for no reason. No one bugged into me. Nothing happened. It just (laughs) slipped out of my hand, and it shattered on the dance floor. And Kayla, without missing a beat, just steered me five feet away from it, grabbed two more vodka crayons, and we got even more. <laughs> yes you,
1: you forget the part where i went to the bar i faked a british accent and i said like we need a broom
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: someone dropped their drink after- <laughs> like i was <laughs> it because I was just like they're going to think we're stupid Americans and I just faked it. Um, but no, I fully support this memory and it is accurate. Um, I'll also say there was something else that I had to say about this memory. Oh, it was about, we. it wasn't just a night of, it wasn't exclusively a night of chugging vodka crayons. I remember us chugging something, it was either a spirit or it was like a pinot grigio. Like the tiny bottles in the alley before we went into the club. And uh, I blame those. I blame yeah. those. <laughs> was,
0: yeah, no, it was Filipino Grigio. And we went to the <laughs> possible. And we went in and we were like, we need alcohol. And they gave us two Pinot Grigios in a brown bag. And we just went around the corner and (laughs) chugged them before going into this gay bar, which was full of like genuinely the hottest otters I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, it was actually really wonderful, but also taxing day because we had come from, we were in Bath. We had seen the wedding happen in Bath, in a pub in Bath. And there was a, there was, I think, I don't know if I was drinking that. I think I drank a drink then. Like I started drinking in the afternoon and then we took a train back to London and we continued drinking. Like it was, there was a lot going on.
0: Yeah, it was very fun. And I was, I think that's when the podcast was truly born was that train back from bath where we talked about nothing but pop culture while drunk off that experience of watching the wedding and also drinking. (laughs) Um, anyways, it is time for a game. I believe it's time for a game hosted by the one, the only, the Virgo, Erin Barnett.
1: The Virgo!
3: <laughs> Hello, um, and welcome to the game portion of this podcast. Um, the game that we will be playing today is entitled, Yours Truly, Falsely. And <laughs> <laughs> the way that this game is played is... I will read you a written review of the album, and you will have to guess if it is a true review that the producers have pulled from Google reviews of the album or if it is a false one that we have concocted.
1: Oh no, this is too this is the hardest game you have ever made. Okay.
3: We, it will be played in turns. So we will start first with Kane.
2: Oh wow, pressure. Let's go.
0: All
3: right, the first review. Sabira writes, This is why Ariana is everybody's sweetheart. Even when she swears, it's like a full blessing from the gods. Three exclamation points.
2: That is so extra. Like, I don't know if I could see anyone writing something like that. But also online, everyone writes whatever the hell they want. So... Because I also agree that this could be a blessing from the gods, I'm going to say that this is a true review.
3: And you are correct. This review is true. <laughs> Taken straight from the Google homepage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I thought Cam wrote that.
3: <laughs> Next up, Kayla.
1: Wait, I, I have a question. Yes. So these reviews... If they're fake the producers wrote them or
0: yeah
1: yeah it's
3: either a, it's either a true review or a or a fake one that we made up
1: okay so a true review could could encompass a fan review yes
0: <laughs> yes okay.
1: i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready
3: <laughs> yes Yes, they, they're are like reviews from from Google's like review list of reviews. Yes, yeah. so it's, it's all fan fan reviews.
1: Great, great, great.
3: Okay, I mean,
1: this is hard.
3: <laughs> all right. So next up, Kayla, for you. We have Bernie Noyes who wrote, "I have listened to this album three times today. Five stars."
1: <laughs> oh, real, it's real. Um, true. Yeah, true.
3: Um, unfortunately, that is
1: false, (laughs) but it's so, it's, it feels, it feels real. We gotcha. (laughs) That's so rude. All you got to do is write a glowing review and I'm going to think it's real. (laughs) All right. Next
3: up for Justin,
1: Haley Arendt
3: writes, This is truly an amazing beginning for Ariana. Each song is a painting, and as we listen, we are walking through the gallery, truly
0: beautiful. What was the name of the person who wrote it?
3: Haley Arendt.
0: Okay, I will say, I'm gonna be wrong, but my first instinct is that it's false. Because it says Rent in it, which I think is a reference to musical theater, which I think is something that the, the executive producers have been pulling out. I also think, like, the gallery stuff has a lot to do with Jeremy, so I'm going to go ahead and say that it's false. It's yours truly, falsely.
3: Um, and that is actually incorrect. It is a true review. <laughs> okay (laughs) next up for Kane Ariana Jetay writes everything is awesome about Ariana Grande her singing is so inspirational and even her outfits I've been in Nader for a long time and even i still am she's my ride or die and my everything she helped me get through some pretty tough stuff so i appreciate her for what she does for her fans even her family and friends
2: <laughs> well either there is a 12 year old that wants to put everything that she feels online or um, a really great wordsmith on your guys' part. Uh, but I think just because I can see someone like one of my nieces writing something like that, I think it is true.
3: That is correct. That is a true review. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that <was Jeremy> again. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, Kayla is next and this review is, comes to you from Jared Carmichael who writes, this album has grown on me a lot after following Ari's career for so many years. It's exciting to see where she started and to think about how far she's come, which is really far.
1: (laughs) 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 These are almost arbitrary. I've given myself hiccups. I think it's true. (laughs) um
3: that is incorrect unfortunately it is false
2: (laughs) (laughs) which is really far that's amazing
1: (laughs) it's just implausible enough to make me think plausible which is what they're going for i know (laughs) all right next up this one's for
3: justin ayana ahmed writes overall If you enjoy pop slash contemporary R&B slash soul music, then I definitely recommend this album. It's playful, colorful, unique, and generally very enjoyable.
0: Fuck. I can see you guys writing this. I can see it being true. the, The thing that trolls me about this is the amount of splashes in it, in terms of the genre. Who? No, there was a lot. Maybe there was two. <laughs> There's just two. <laughs> it's false. It's false. It's false.
3: Um, that is incorrect. It uh, is a true review. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never win this game. <laughs> All right. Next up for Kane, Liliana Catline writes. I'm a fantasy girl who's a fan of Fantasyland Hotel. (laughs) That's it? Yes.
2: (laughs) Can you repeat it just for everyone? (laughs) It's really adorable.
3: Liliana Catline writes, I'm a fantasy girl who's a fan of Fantasyland Hotel.
2: I am rooting for Liliana Catline to be real, so I'm going to say true.
3: That is correct. Liliana is real, (laughs) and she is a fantasy girl.
2: What I wonder what (laughs) fantasy she's in right now. That's just amazing.
0: (laughs) Fuck.
3: All right. Up next, we have Kayla. Um, This review comes to you from Julia Campos. She writes... I feel like my heart is stuck in bumper to bumper, and the important thing with this is that the word both times bumper is written out, it is a lowercase and then a capital letter, and then a lowercase and then a capital letter, just for some context.
1: That's all? Yes. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's real. That's real.
3: That is correct. Julia is real and her heart is stuck in bumper to bumper.
0: (laughs) I think that this is the greatest game.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Justin, this one's for you. Jamie Price writes, listening to popular song after finding out Ari is going to be in the Wicked movie, three exclamation points, forgot how good this album is, heart. And it's the less than less than symbol, and then the three <laughs> is the heart.:
0: It's false, it's not real.
3: That is correct. It is false.
0: <laughs> Live. <laughs> I got one right.
3: <laughs> OK, Kane. Nicholas Boykin writes: "This album tells the story of a girl who is having relationship problems, parentheses, everything else, with a bad boy and almost dies, parentheses, Honeymoon Avenue."
2: I feel like that I don't think that a boy is going to be writing a review a real boy is going to be writing a review so I'm going to say that's false
3: that is incorrect it Uh, is in fact true Nicholas is a stan of Ariana Grande
2: me too Nicholas (laughs) me too
3: (laughs) all right Kayla this review comes to you from username unstoppable gaming and the review says i never listened to this but why not give it five stars some of her songs are okay i guess
1: (laughs) this is hard because on the one hand i still have my hiccups um on the one hand i i feel like it's oh I feel like it's random enough that it's real. On the other hand, you all have been doing a, a lot. Um, I think it's real. I don't know.
3: That is correct. It is real.
0: <laughs> I really thought I really thought I knew you all, and I really thought that that was your writing. And it's emblematic of how I'm mm-hmm. doing it.
3: It's just a random person on the internet. Um, <laughs> next for you, Justin, Grace Chen writes, Ariana reminds me of my mom because I love her unconditionally and she will never speak to me again. Top t- track daydreaming.
0: Boss, <laughs> <laughs> it's boss, <false>. that's boss. <laughs>
3: That is false.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. That one really got me reading it out loud. Um. <laughs> all right, Kane. This one is from Cardarius Jackson, who writes all of the song. All of the songs are a masterpiece. If you don't think so, you are not a true Arianator. <laughs>
2: I'm only going to go with true because the facts there are true.
3: The facts are true. And so is that review. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All right, Kayla, this one's for you. It is from Danny L who writes, I love the way, especially the Spanglish version. It really means a lot to see myself mirrored in mainstream culture as a white girl who does speak some Spanish.
1: You're really trying me. (laughs) You're really trying me because do I believe there's a white girl out there who does speak some Spanish who may or may not have penned this review? Yes. Do I believe that one of you, particularly maybe Cameron, also might have penned this review just to fucking troll me and all of us? Also, yes. Um, and I, do I still fully have the hiccups? Yes. Um, would you read it one more time for me? Sure. Um,
3: this is from Danny L and it says, I love the way, especially the Spanglish version. It really means a lot to see myself mirrored in mainstream culture as a white girl who does speak some Spanish.
1: It's it's fake. It's fake. fake.
3: (laughs) It definitely is fake. (laughs)
2: Oh, that one is hilarious. I think only you
0: guys really have it <laughs> <laughs> to make it confusing for us.
3: All right. And this is actually our last question for Justin. Carrie Milton writes. This is absolutely the best Ari record. Sweetener is trash. Thank you, Next is okay. Positions is also okay. Long live original Ari, five exclamation points.
0: Okay, this is interesting because this person's opinions on Ari albums are objectively wrong. If we're like, if we're going at thank you, Next and the sweetener and then we're saying that positions is okay, that seems weird. It does not seem consistent with the fandom. However, I don't th- think you guys wrote it. So I'm going to say it's true.
3: That is incorrect. It is false.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Fair enough.
3: And laughs> the final scores for this game are in third place. We have Justin with two points. And the winner of this game is with four points, Kane. Yay!
2: Yay! As a stand of Ariana Grande, I feel like I know what the Ariana Grande stands have been writing on those reviews. So uh, thank you for having me.
0: I think you really did so well. And frankly, we had the advantage because we know these writers' voices. And yet you did it. So I want to say kudos to you for doing.
1: Congratulations! That. Yes, absolutely. That's a feat. Good job. <laughs> and frankly, yeah,
0: beautiful work. Oh, okay. Next time, I'll apply for job. You should. <laughs> We're well known in many countries. Um,
1: we'll, we'll serve as your references.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to thank our executive producers, Aaron, Jer- Jeremy, and Cameron, for making such incredible games each week and for providing us with the information that we are too lazy to look up. Um, I also want to thank Kane for being our guest this week. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. And thank you, Kayla, for being a fantastic, wonderful co-host. And thank you to our listeners in Russia, specifically. Please protect our money. Good night. Good night.